From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. We have a lot to talk about in what has been, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the most disappointing season in Jaguars history. It was heading that way anyway, but with the practical realization that the Jaguars aren't going to the playoffs, I think we can simply call it that now. The only season I can recall that is more disappointing is 2000, and that was, again, another year when the Jaguars were coming off the AFC Championship game the previous year. Injuries, again, played a big factor. The difference there versus now is that in 2000, the injuries felt like, hey, all right, they'll bounce back from these next week, uh, the next year. They've got their uh, quarterback. They've got their uh, pieces basically in place. That doesn't feel the way it is right now for the Jaguars. Uh, coming up in just a bit, Mark Brunel is going to defend Blake Bortles to an extent. I think his defenses make some sense, uh, but I'm to the point now where I think just about everybody else is, which is you got to find your quarterback because Blake Bortles is not your guy going forward. You're not going to be able to do that this year. You're going to have to draft somebody, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out when uh, they start to bring bodies in uh, for the draft and uh, everything else. So we'll talk about that coming up. Also, uh, we're going to hear from Miles Jack on his disappointment level, frustration level, uh, and uh, how he's uh, feeling about things heading toward the matchup against the Buffalo Bills. But let's start our conversation with Mark Brunel, and uh, there is one simple question to ask. Mark, uh, now what is the big question? The Jaguars mathematically are still alive, but reasonably are not for the playoffs. So what happens this week? Well, they, you would hope that they still focus on one game. Hard to do at 3-7. and seven. Hard to do when you're really um, out of the playoff hunt. Um, it's an interesting time of a season. I've been involved in multiple teams that, that get about 9, 10 games in, and your hopes are, are gone. Um, you learn a lot about your teammates. You learn a lot about the guys that uh, are next to you. Uh, you would hope that all the guys would remain uh, professionals, working hard, competing, uh, preparing the way they should. Not always the case. Um, so hopefully uh, the guys will focus on the, on the Buffalo Bills and, uh, and, then, and then go from there. But really that, that's all you can do at this point. Just focus on one game. Hopefully you get a win. and. Maybe things in the building are a little better. Right, we'll talk about the Bills here in a second, but th- there's an old saying in the National Football League that it's not one franchise in the city. It's 53 franchises sharing a locker room, right? That each <laughs> yeah. guy is their own franchise. For a guy, you know, if you're in the second year of a five-year contract, you know, and you're, you're a regular, you know what's going to happen, you know, where you're going to be next year. Sure. But for guys who are either coming up on free agency or who think they may be a salary cap casualty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to think right now, Malik Jackson's wondering what's his future. He just got benched, didn't start the game uh, against the Steelers. He's got a big number on his contract. Jaguars going to have to make some decisions. If you're, if you're sitting in the locker room next to that guy, is there anything you can say? Or you just say, all right, man, do your thing. Be a, you know, if they, all, they've got signs say be a pro all over that locker room right, right. now. I don't know if the sign does enough. Listen, some guys will be a pro, and some guys will not uh, act like professionals. And, and uh, guys are playing for their jobs right now. Now, some guys uh, in certain situations perhaps don't want to be a part of this organization next year. So maybe their approach for the, the remainder of the season is, listen, I'm gonna, 
I'm just going to get out of here healthy. You know, it's kind of go into a self-preservation mode. And, and uh, some guys really want to be a part of this organization and are going to try to do their best to play their best football for the rest of the six games. And uh, so it, it's not an ideal situation. The locker room's tough. All the right things will be said. You know, Clayus Campbell will get up and, and uh, will get up and say, guys, we've got to stick together as a team and, and keep working, keep fighting. And Clayus commands a lot of respect, and he's right. But not everybody's going to buy into that. It's just a tough situation right now. I want to take you back to 2003. I know, not your favorite year Do ever. Do we have to? I, guess I want your perspective <laughs> on this because you've been there. Sure. 2003, you start the season as the Jaguars' starting quarterback. Byron Leftwich had been drafted. A month into the season, mm-hmm. they make the switch. Um, you're still on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little different situation because it's not like you're in there like a backup defensive lineman right. might be. But in practice, I mean, you have to be thinking about your welfare. If this is your location for your business, your body, you got to take care of the business, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I knew going into that season in 2003, two things had to happen for me to, to remain the starter. I had to stay healthy, and we had to win. First three games in there, 0-3. Oh then I get hurt, and Byron went in, and that was it. So for the rest of the 13 weeks, I knew my days were numbered. Some of the guys in the locker room right now, they know their, their days are numbered, that they don't have a future. Maybe that's been communicated to them uh, through their agent or through the coaching. I, you know, who, who knows? Everyone, uh, they are their own business. They are their own brand, especially nowadays with social media and all that stuff. But, but uh, you know... Um, and right now is the time, unfortunately, with six games left, we'll already be start, we're going to start talking about the draft and what next. And what do we do with Blake Bortles? And, and, and what about this guy? Do we keep this guy? The Jaguars will have to be in those conversations and hear about that uh, from guys like us for another month and a half. It's just not going to be good going forward. By the way, I'm sticking with my usual approach here in terms of draft and free agency talk. I'm waiting till the Jaguars are mathematically eliminated because we're going to have a lot of time to talk about it. Uh, I'm starting to do a little more research now, starting to dig into that. We'll get into that once they are mathematically right. eliminated. For now, we'll talk about sort of the here and now. You mentioned the agents, hearing from the agents. What kind of, those, what kind of conversations are going on between those veterans and their agents right now, and what role are the agents playing in terms of influencing? Well, them? listen, there are, there are guys in the NFL, players that are professionals. And there are some that don't act like professionals. They don't prepare. They don't, they don't study. They don't work. They don't act like a Paul Puzlesny. You know, guys like that. There are agents that are like that, too, that are just not very professional. And, of course, they look out for their clients' best interests. They're supposed to. But a lot of agents, uh, they give bad advice. You know, hey, player, just worry about yourself. Well, you know what? This is, this is football. You never, ever just worry about yourself. Because if you just worry about yourself, guess what? You're going to be exposed. And people are going to find out about you. And they're going to know real quick if you're a player that just concerns your, you know, yourself with your brand and your business. Coaches, GMs, personnel guys, teammates, they want guys on the roster, guys going forward um, that are team guys, that are selfless, that work hard, that put team before themselves, I know that sounds a little old-fashioned, but it's still American football, and it's still the way it should be, but not every guy's like that. You talk about pressure on players, mm-hmm. uh, guys trying to make decisions for their business. Coaches, front office guys this time of year, too, there has to be some uncertainty. When you have a losing team, particularly like the Jaguars, had such high expectations, now they're uh, 
not going to the playoffs, Doug Marone, the coordinators, the position coaches, Dave Caldwell, maybe Tom Coughlin. What's going through those guys' minds right now? Well, players are playing for their jobs, and coaches are, are coaching for their jobs. Let's just say the Jaguars end up 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. Um, There will be movement. That's the word. There's going to be movement in the, in the locker room, but there will be movement on the coaching staff. There always is, Cole. You know that. You've seen it. Now, whether there's a lot of movement as far as one coach here, another coach there, it could be a complete overhaul. It could be a whole side of the ball. It could just be uh, one court. You don't know, but there's going to be some changes. And then going forward, depending on how the season goes, there may be changes in the, um, on the executive side of it. I don't know. Those de- decisions are from Mr. Kahn. Uh, everything else uh, under there is, is, is for Tom Coughlin. So um, some interesting things coming down the road for us. Because of that, the decision on Tom Coughlin has to be made first because if you're going to let him make those calls, you have to be confident that you're going to stick with that or that Tom wants to stick with it. Remember, here's a guy, you know, he, he doesn't have to be doing this. No. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out as the season progresses. Let's talk for a moment about the Buffalo game. Okay. This could have been not only a rematch of a playoff game for the Jaguars, but also another matchup for Doug Marone against his old team. Those storylines, though, kind of go by the wayside this week, don't they? They really do right now. And again, it's another must-win. Uh, nobody cares about last year's playoff game. Nobody cares right now about Doug Marone's uh, history with the Buffalo Bills. Nobody cares. Uh, certainly nobody's going to really be talking about it other than just, just you and I right now. I mean, going forward right uh, in this, for this week, this Sunday, is about getting a W. And that has to be the focus. That has to be at the forefront of every player, players' minds, uh, coaches' minds, because that's what we need. It's amazing, even at 3-7, and seven, what one win can do for a, for a team. It fixes a lot of things. Now, I don't know if the season's going to be fixed, but at least for this week, if we get a win, we can fix some problems and go forward and hopefully get a win the next week. All right, Blake Bortles has certainly received plenty of criticism, most of it earned. Although, honestly, you know, I, I think you can fall in the trap of discounting injuries because that's the way the conversation is from the players. You have to say, well, you can't make that an excuse. Well, it, whether it's an excuse or not, it's a reason. It's one of the reasons. So just to give you a little uh, uh, a little personal here, um, at Thanksgiving, uh, I was over at some friends and a uh, big gathering, and I was asked by about four different people at different times, hey, what do I think's wrong? Well, what went wrong this year? And I said, there isn't just one thing, but here's my short list of the big things that went wrong. The injuries absolutely are on that list. Bortles has not continued his progression from last year. He did not take the next step as the Jaguars were hoping and expecting. Um, I think to some extent the team read their own press clippings. Uh, didn't, you know, thought, hey, I got this. We, we Look what we did last year and didn't take the next step. I think maybe there's a little bit of an ease down as far as that's concerned. And I think some of the egos and personalities um, didn't go in the direction that they should have when things went rough. Uh, so, you know, missing Paul Pazlesny may be one factor that could have helped in that regard to a certain extent. But on the Bortles front, you can have an expectation of what you want a franchise quarterback to be, and if you think Bortles could have been that, um, you and I have a bit of a disagreement. But if you think, hey, he could have been a functional quarterback on a team that could go deep in the playoffs as they did last year, I think that's a reasonable expectation. And there are a lot of reasons why Blake hasn't been as good this year. And uh, Mark Brunel 
Did want to point out some of those this week on the Mark Brunel Show. The pass protection, the receivers right now, uh, they're just not doing their job, Cole. It's frustrating. As a quarterback, I've been in that situation. It's not a lot of fun. Um, and the quarterback, of course, gets all the blame. And I'm not saying Blake's playing great football right now. He could be better. The pass game absolutely needs to improve. But for the pass game to improve, everybody has to do their jobs. The running backs have to block, okay? The offensive line has to block, and the receivers have to create separation, and that is not happening at all. You know, you get into that third and five, the last, the last play that we, that we discussed earlier. Should we pass? Should we run? Well, of course we run, because there's no confidence at all right now in the offensive line, the receivers, and the quarterback. There is no other option. You've got to run the football, because... The pass game is really struggling right now. I'll say this as well. You talked about just from a numbers standpoint, there were 20 pass plays called by the Jaguars in yesterday's game. 11 of them were either a sack or a quarterback hurry. Two of those turned into runs. You saw, showed the uh, spin move and the one run by Bortles there. When more than half of your pass plays called result in your quarterback being under pressure, what can you do? It, it, it's difficult, and, and, and we, we saw a perfect example of that. And, and what you can do is, if you're going to call some pass plays, you've got to get the ball out. One-step drop, quick three-step drop. You know, it doesn't have to go 10, 15, 20 yards down the field, but get it out of the quarterback's hand. The problem is the receivers aren't creating a lot of separation. They're not winning. They're getting some press coverage. They're running their routes, but there's just not a lot of open guys right now, Cole. And so, listen, the defense is playing great. Uh, so impressed with the defense. They played physical and tough, but the other side of the ball, there's a lot of work to be done there and a short time to do it. There's six games. I don't know how much improvement we're going to see on that side of the ball going forward. Yeah, and the injury is certainly playing a part in that, but you talk about the drives that the Jaguars put together for field goals. Three Josh Lambeau field goals early in the game. 15 plays, 64 yards, 8 minutes, 57 seconds, and a 48-yard field goal. Okay, that's the kind of drive that you can live with. Miles, it gives you guys in the defense a chance to catch your breath and, and uh, sustain control of the ball. That's what you want to see, touchdown, field goal, what have you. The other ones, when you start looking at, you know, a, a six-play, 38-yard drive that takes three and a half minutes or a nine-play, 22-yard drive that took 446, it doesn't really give you, uh, doesn't flip the field and doesn't give you much of a chance to breathe. Yeah, um, they always say the best defense in the NFL is the one that's on the sideline drinking water. So as long as the offense is on the field, man, it, it makes it easy for us. Mark, the number that really jumped out to me on that, nine plays, 22 yards, 446. Nine plays and 446, you think it would be like an 88-yard drive. Should no, be. 22 yards. Yeah, it's frustrating. And, and, and Listen, you're not going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on field goals. You've got to be effective in the red zone. You've got to put up some points. Touchdowns, not field goals. Again, yesterday was a perfect example of that. You've got to find a way to take advantage of good field position. And once you get in the red zone, um, you've got, you got to get six. You can't get three. So who shoulders the load here? Who, who has to take some of the blame for the lack of aggressiveness? And I, I want to preface this as a guy who started covering the NFL when Marty Schottenheimer was coaching the Chiefs. I don't think that just because you run the ball, you're not being aggressive. It's not exclusive to throw in the football is about aggression. But they obviously were not very aggressive, particularly in the second half. Where does that fall? I think it falls on everybody. I think it's, 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 the, it's the players. Um, listen, Blake Bortles, and he has said this before, he says, listen, I just run the plays. Whatever comes in, it's his job to, it's his job to execute. Now, there's not great execution right now. Um, and we saw this last year. 
against the New England Patriots at the end of the game. Just trying to hold on. Um, you can't do that in the NFL, especially when you're playing a Ben Roethlisberger. So even though there's very little confidence in the passing game, in my opinion, there are times if you want to go win that game, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to take your shot. You've got to try to throw it, uh, get it out of the quarterback's hand, and hopefully somebody makes a play. That game yesterday came down to this. One team made the plays. The other team did not. That was it in a nutshell. Miles, you guys put a lot into this game emotionally. It was mm -hmm. a game that really... You knew what was on the line. Right. So walking off that field, scale of 1 to 10, what's the frustration level uh, as you walk off that field? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily categorize it as, as frustration. I, I just say, I guess the same thing, disappointment, man, because it's just you put so much into every week, week in and week out, and to be on a five-game losing streak, we felt like we put in the work, we got the talent. Um, it's tough. So, you know, again, we just got to continue fighting, man, and um, something to shake. All right, so that's the perspective from Miles Jack and from Mark Brunel. And uh, we will get ready for Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills. I'm picking the Jaguars to win this game. I don't feel super confident, but, boy, I look at the Bills. They're scoring less than two touchdowns a game. They're the only team in the National Football League scoring under 14 a game. In this day and age, that kind of game, that kind of – I think that actually plays to the Jaguars' favor. They'd love to play a 16-10 a to 10 game. Uh, you know, same kind of feel as the playoff game. And when I asked guys in the locker room this week if they expected the same kind of game, they said absolutely yes, as uh, they saw in the playoffs last year when the Jaguars won a slugfest. So we'll see how it all plays out, and we'll be back with another edition of Teal the Podcast next week after the Jaguars take on the Bills. Remember, you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, or on Stitcher. Some people are having a trouble, uh, kind of having some trouble finding it on iTunes. Try Teal the Podcast in the search bar with no spaces. That seems to help. We're working on uh, figuring out why spaces or no spaces sometimes uh, influence that differently. But uh, in any regard, we'll also be, of course, on newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunel, for Miles Jack, Cole Pepper saying thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.